Good evening and welcome to From the 80s View. I'm your host, Dr. Cedric Brown. And before we get started, as I do every uh, week, every episode on my show, um, I'd like to give honor to God, who's the head of my life. Um, this has been a blessing for me. And the only reason why uh, these things and, and things in my personal and professional life can happen is because of uh, God, who is uh, first and foremost in my life. So um, I'd like to always give honor and praise to him. Um, I'd like to welcome a, a very special uh, guest to the show, a, a friend, a colleague, um, a brother. Um, I've known this young man for probably half of his life, and uh, it's it's been a pleasure for me to know him. I'd like to welcome uh, tonight's guest, Mr. Todd Kelly. Thanks a lot, Cedric, for uh, having me on today. Really uh, happy to be here. TK, man, you we go back like four fats on a Cadillac, man. You know, uh, being around, uh, remember the days where we we used to referee uh, the the AYBT. You know, what I'm yeah. saying, and 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 we had the the bologna sandwiches and. And, you know, being on on four and five courts at a time and, you know, doing five or six games at a time and then, you know, couldn't do anything but just go on the sideline, take your shoes off, put your slides on and and put a towel over here and get you a a little nap for about 45 minutes. Remember those days? Right. Yeah. Before the next game, man. Yeah. You bring it back memories. And now that's interesting. You said, you know, me about half my life. And that's true. You know, it's probably been over 20 years, I think. Yeah. So that's right. 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 And and so, you know, some of the topics that we're going to talk about today, uh, uh, Todd, you are one of the up and coming and uh, innovative young men in the recruiting and eligibility um, industry. In a few words, tell us what that actually means for potential student athletes. Well, uh yeah, what I do is I just I walk parents and student athletes and even coaches and administrators through the college athletic recruitment process. So with all the rule changes and the NCAA changes and things like that, it's really important to, that everyone kind of stay abreast on the current rules, current trends and, and rule changes. So that's one of the things that I really try to do is make sure everyone knows about all of those things. And and we will definitely get into that, Todd, uh, with the business that you have. Um, you are a avid uh, basketball fan. You are a student of the game and something that has uh, nuanced and come into basketball that thrills both you and I is this NBA play-in tournament. What do you think about that, Todd? Well, man, it adds a lot of excitement, uh, you know, to the NBA season. You know, for example, last night I was watching some of the games uh, and it was really, really exciting games. And so I think this, like I said, adds a new element, uh, adds a new level of intrigue. Uh, and kind of gives the NBA a little bit, it kind of makes the regular season a little bit, little bit more interesting because I think a lot of people are like 82 games, there's so many games and all of this stuff, but with the play-in tournament, adds a little bit more intensity, adds a little bit more importance to those games. And, uh, you know, Commissioner Silver, Silver, you know, really understands what's what's going on and, and he knows how to market uh, the NBA. And the last topic we're going to talk about, Todd, which is something that is really dear and near to your heart because, you know, you have uh, been a college basketball coach at the Division Three level. Um, what does Division Three athletics mean um, 
to student athletes and what's the benefit of that really briefly? Uh, well, at the division three level, it really gives student athletes an opportunity to be a student athlete and really focus fully on the academics and focus on, on the athletic side, unlike division one, where there's a lot more focus on the athletic side and not as much on the academic side, division three gives students a real opportunity to be a student athlete. That's outstanding. And we will get into that. These and more topics on From the 80s View. Let's get it. Welcome back. Welcome back. You're watching From the 80s View. Uh, and I'd like to bring back uh, our special guest, Mr. Todd Kelly. He is the CEO and the president of Kelly College Consulting. Um, you you talked briefly, uh, TK, about what you're doing. But what I want to get into really is why you started your organization. Uh, there's a few reasons. So, you know, uh you know, I've coached for about 20 years now, uh, you know, from a, with a, from a variety of uh, levels, you know, high school level, college level, you know, obviously. And so uh, all of that experience, you know, when I was recruiting kids and, and, you know, interacting with parents, interacting with coaches, I just noticed how so many people had no idea about the recruiting process from the student athletes to the to the coaches, to the club and travel coaches, to the parents. And so many people were getting misinformation and things like that, because, you know, Cedric, as you're well aware, every student athlete has, you know, an uncle or a cousin or maybe their dad or someone in their life that may have played sports or Absolutely. that may have played high school or played college. And they say, oh, I know about the recruiting process. Hey, I know what you should do. These are the things you should do, you know, and, and they really don't know. And so, you know, I started to see, especially in this modern time with the, the advent of social media and how important that is with recruiting and, and those type of things, I felt it's really important to be to educate the parents and student athletes of all sports about the recruiting process. So educating them about things like what should your social media pro uh, profile look like when you go on campus visits, you know, what questions to ask, you know, educating people about how many scholarships are available at each level, because, you know, you'd be amazed to see, you know, student athletes that say, hey, I'm going to get a full scholarship. And then I ask them, hey, so in, in men's basketball, how many scholarships are available? And they don't even know those answers. You know what I mean? And right. so it's like, how help someone get a scholarship if you don't even know, you know, uh, how many scholarships are available and then also i wanted to educate people about all levels of athletics because you know everyone just sees division one on tv so a lot of people that's all they know that's all they think about and sure. i want also people know that hey there's division two there's nai there's division three there's junior college there are other levels where you can play it where you can go uh and, and continue your athletic career and continue your education that's not division one and also levels that's not division one where you can get a full scholarship because it's again, it's amazing how many people don't understand uh, like how, you know, scholarships work in terms of stacking money with athletic money, with academic money and, you know, things of that nature. And it's just it's just really amazing how much people don't know. And so I wanted to educate parents, student athletes and coaches about the process, because my you know, one of the big things I love seeing is student athletes, you know, grow, mature and develop and go on to college and graduate and have successful careers. And so that's one of the passions I have. And so my business allows me to do that. Well, you have been uh, an integral part of young people's lives, like you said, for over 20 years, TK. Um, 
what did you in 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 putting together your business model right you're going off of experiences and uh as i said in in a in a different show um this week uh, learning from um a colleague you know we have experiences we have exposure and then we have expansion right so the experiences that you've had as a student athlete coming up and playing, um, I believe you played at uh, at the Division Three level, uh, and you might have played at, at other levels too, TK. Um, what did you take from the experience when you were recruited, right? Because I don't know if your parents had an understanding of recruitment and eligibility when you came out of school. So what experiences did you, how did you, you fold your experiences into your business model, TK? Well, uh, that's a good question. And one of the things I, I'll, with my business model is that it's important to really educate the parents because you, because a lot of times in the recruitment process, the parents are giving some advice, you know, they're giving their opinion. And a lot of times the parents may not even know. And a lot of times the parents, their mindset is mostly on the financial side of things. Hey, what's the cheapest? Mm-hmm. You know, where can you get a scholarship at? You know, and so a lot of times people kind of had this misconception that, hey, the higher level you play it, the more scholarship dollars you'll get. And that's not necessarily true. You know, for Mm -hmm. example, you look at a sport like baseball, where there's only 11.7 scholarships at the Division One level. Very Mm -hmm. few Division One baseball players get a full. Very few baseball players even get a half. And I tell people it's it's like not necessarily likely, but it's very possible for you to go to a division two or even a division three and pay less in tuition than you would at a division one in a sport like baseball. You know what I mean? Because of it's an equivalency sport and it's only 11.7 scholarships. And so I think one thing I learned is that, you know, my parents, you know, obviously were educated. They did a great job with me, but they didn't even know everything about the process. So I just learned that, Hey, there's no one that's educating the parents about these things because a lot of times usually that comes down to the coach but a lot of times there's so many high school coaches that don't know uh about the recruiting process i literally and i'm not gonna say any names but i was talking to a couple high school coaches this week and one of the high school coaches i spoke with said hey i didn't even know junior college had three levels and i'm like yes junior college has three levels and so absolutely educating people about the levels the opportunities and and educating people about, uh, for example, social media, because you don't know how many kids have eliminated themselves from being recruited because, because of their social, social media. media. Absolutely, having, you know, bad language in the films, or by posting or retweeting stuff that has, you know, uh, inappropriate content. So just making sure that these athletes and these parents and coaches are educated on how to get recruited, and then too, as you well know. High school student athletes have fell way behind, you know, way down the ladder in terms of priority from a recruiting standpoint, because coaches in college are looking for transfers first. So absolutely, I want to be that to portal boy. Exactly. So I want to educate these high school students on yeah, how do I get on the radar? You know what I mean? How do I get myself seen by coaches? How do I email coaches? What should that email look like? You know, when I talk to coaches on the phone, what should that conversation look like? When I send film, what should that film look like? And a lot of people just don't know these things. And it's amazing because you would think, oh, yeah, people know. Oh, yeah, the high school coach knows. And it's so often that people, that coaches have come up to me after my presentation and said, oh, man, you told me so many things I didn't know. Like, I'll give you one example. You're aware of this. You know, you're allowed unlimited official visits right now. It used to be five. Absolutely. And so every every coach I talk to, they're like, oh, man, I thought it was only five. I didn't know it changed. And then another important rule, you used to be able to fill out the FAFSA on October 1st. And that's changed now. It's been pushed back to December. 
A lot of people mm-hmm. don't know that. You know what I mean? And then another small thing, you can negotiate tuition, particularly at small private institutions. If two schools are, you know, similar level, you know, absolutely, you can go to one school and say, hey, can you, you know, this school's offering me this. Is there anything you can do about that? And they'll come back and find you more money. And so those are some things, for example, that a lot of people don't know. And I think one thing with me, why I'm really so passionate about this and why I think I'm you know, doing pretty well at this point is because not only do I have a background in, in, in athletics, but I've also have a background in admissions and financial aid. And so mm. I know all sides of the process, not just the athletic side, but also the admissions, the financial aid and obviously, uh, you know, the academic side as well. So that's kind of, those are kind of the things that led me to kind of start the business and that and why I'm so passionate about being able to educate these parents, student athletes and coaches. Before we move to the next topic, you you spoke on something, TK. Um, you said equivalency, right? Yes. Can you just share with our audience briefly the difference between a headcount sport and an equivalency sport? Okay, absolutely. So at the Division One level, uh, for men, for example, there's two headcount sports: men's basketball and uh, FBS football. You know that those are the only two headcount sports. And headcount mm-hmm. means for men. Now for women, there the headcount sports is basketball gymnastics, tennis, volleyball, and I believe it's one other sport for women that's a, mm-hmm. that's a head count. And head count means that in those sports, the scholarship can only be a full scholarship. So you'll never hear a men's or women's Division One basketball player say, hey, I got a partial scholarship at this Division One school. There only can be full scholarships in those in head count sports. Now, equivalency sports, I like to tell parents and student athletes, don't look at equivalency sports like a coach has a certain amount of scholarships. Look at it as if they have a certain amount of money. Because, for example, if a coach has eight full scholarships and tuition is $20,000 at the school. The coach has $160,000 that they can distribute however they want. So they can give one kid a pot of money. One kid, $10,000. One kid, $5,000. They can give somebody a full. You know, but that's not very likely a lot of times because a lot, a lot of times in those equivalency sports, coaches will do what's called stacking. And stacking is where you take athletic scholarship money and you stack it on top of academic scholarship. And then you can stack it with any type of federal money that you may be eligible for, whether it's a Pell Grant or federal SEOG grant or whatever the case may be. But that's a big thing, the equivalency sports and headcount. So headcount is a full ride and it only can be a full ride. Equivalency means you can break the scholarships up and give people different amounts. And so when you've explained it, like you just explained it, for our viewers, TK, how many people come to you after you've given that 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 definition and that presentation that tell you, you know, Mr. Kelly, I I appreciate because I really didn't understand any of that before you told that to me. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, it's usually probably about after every presentation, it's at least a dozen people come up to me and they'll say that some part of the presentation they didn't know about or they didn't understand. And one of the things, the big things is the equivalency thing. And as far as how the scholarships break down, because a lot of people, I think there are a lot of people that think that, you know, all people that get scholarships are getting full scholarships. Some people really think that, you know what I mean? And so when I break it down to them, uh, they understand a little bit better. And then I think once I break it down, people become a little bit more interested in in NAI and division two, because they know, Oh, 
well, I can get a full scholarship at Division II or I get a full scholarship at NAI. And I'm like, yeah, you can. And I'm like, a lot of student athletes don't necessarily get the full athletic, but they end up getting a full scholarship once you stack the athletic and academic. And then parents of student athletes, I think, become more interested in those levels because they're like, oh, I can still get a scholarship at that level. Okay, so I'm still interested, you know. And they can still play right. at a high level in their athletic uh, activity because Division II, high level. You know, you go to the Elite Eight in basketball in Division Two, right? Um, right. You 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 can play at a high level in NAIA. The the championship is in Kansas City, right? right. Um, at the junior college level, you play at a high level. Junior college yeah, Division right. One, you know, I was at Lakeland. You got John A. Logan. You have Wabash Valley. You have Vincennes University. Oh, you yeah. know, you, you have the the schools in, in in Florida in the Gulf in the Gulf Coast Conference. You have the schools in East Texas, you know, Texas, uh, yeah. Missouri, you know, Moberly yeah. and and and, yeah. you know, uh, all you go to Iowa, Iowa Western. Uh, you have I all place, those schools yeah. that have an opportunity for students to get a degree. Right. And play a high level at their sport. Right. Do me a favor, TK. Stay with us because I'm going to come back and we have two more topics to talk about. Um, you know, so after I take this break, you are watching from the AD's view. I'm your host, Dr. Cedric Brown. We will be right back after these commercial breaks. Water, it's everywhere. We drink it, we bathe with it, we cook with it. Coffee's made with water. Toilets won't flush without it. It's used for washing clothes, dishes, utensils, pots, pans, floors, and our teeth. Plants and crops need water, animals drink it, and fish need it too. And don't forget, we can have a lot of fun in the water. Water. What will we do without it? From the creative team that brought you The Browning Project and Dead by Morning comes a new thriller that will change the way you look at white-collar crime forever. Falling from the sky. Leon Thomas with the Leon Thomas Group. Podcast, virtual events, webinars, streaming shows, and so much more. We want to be your partner in all things virtual. Welcome back. You're watching From the 80s View. I'm your host, Dr. Cedric Brown. Um, before we get started, I'd like to uh, talk a little bit about uh, my new book. Um, it's a book that uh, I was able to write my dissertation and turn it into something that was uh, informational for uh, individuals. And it's called How um, African-American Men Overcome uh, racial barriers and the status quo uh, in NCAA institutions. It's a narrative inquiry. And as you see up there in the upper right hand corner of uh, of the screen, 
is a QR code. Um, if you scan that QR code, it will take you directly to Amazon, um, which is the um, the the keeper of my book. And you can order that book uh, through the QR code. Um, if you'd like to get in contact with me, uh, you can reach me uh, on my website, cedricmbrown.org. Or you can reach me at LinkedIn at Cedric M. Brown, uh, comma, Ph.D. is my uh, uh, is my handle at LinkedIn. Or you can reach me on my new email address, which is from the A.D.'s view at Gmail dot com. Um, Let's bring back uh, our guest, Mr. Todd Kelly. Mr. Kelly is the president and CEO of Kelly. Uh, college consulting and uh, does a remarkable job for up and coming uh, PSAs or potential student athletes and their families in um, working to help those individuals continue their dream as a student athlete. Um, Todd, we we were talking about uh, the passion that you have for basketball, and uh, you've been uh, in the college. Uh, a realm of, of, of basketball and athletics for more than 20 years, but you're a student of the game, TK, and that NBA is fantastic, right? And right yeah. now for basketball junkies like yourself and myself, um, we have something new called the play-in game, right? It's a play-in tournament, I should say, in the NBA. What do you think about that, TK? Uh. Well, and I'm excited, you know, because like I said, the more basketball, the better. You know what I mean? And so uh, I definitely think this adds a little bit of interest uh, to the NBA season, you know, adds a little bit of excitement. For example, it was a couple games last night that were really, really good games. You know, that Celtics Knicks game, you know, the Golden State Warriors game, you know, those games, the the, the Mavericks, they played uh, Denver. Uh, that game ended up being a little bit more competitive than I thought it would be. And so uh, these were some really good games, add some excitement. Uh, I like the courts. You see all of the teams got special. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, a little marketing, you know, thing for the NBA. So I think it's good all around because it adds some excitement, adds some interest. Uh, You know, the NBA gets a chance to kind of show itself off a little bit more. And also, I think one of the things that the reason the NBA did it because they're trying to get a little bit of attention away from football. You know what I mean? Because obviously football, you know, ratings is super, super high. NBA wants to try to those NFL ratings and take a little bit of interest away from the NFL now. And I think they're doing that. So I like the idea. And it it is a great concept, right? Because as you and I were talking uh, before the show, um, it's an 82-game season, right? And and sometimes uh, there can, you know, the the excitement – of basketball can be lost in 82 games, right? You and I, uh, college basketball, former college basketball coaches, coaching a 30 game season, you know, we, we thought it was, it was long, you know, because, you know, we really go all year round, but we can start in October and then hopefully we end in March. That's a long season, but 82 games, a lot of back to backs, some back to back to backs. But, you know, this tournament has, done something i think it has re-energized the fan base right it's re-energized uh the nba in uh their market the marketing of their product um how exciting is uh wimbanyana 
Wimby, seven foot four, seven foot five, handle it like a guard, shoot it like a wing. What you think? Man, I was impressed. And I watch, you know, I live here in, in, in Texas. I live in Dallas. So, you know, we get all of the Spurs games. And mm-hmm. uh, so I saw the game, uh, both of the games they played versus the Suns, the game where he had, what, a 38 or something. And to be honest, I don't know what's more impressive about him, if it's his skill set, because obviously, you know, his ability to pass, dribble, shoot is crazy. We haven't seen anybody 7'5 be able to do that. But also the fact that he's 7'5 and can run and jump and has lateral quickness and has, like, coordination and, and, and has agility and mobility – We've not seen anybody 7'5 that has that type of like athletic ability and mobility. So I don't know if it's the, the athleticism and the, the physical skill that's more impressive or if it's the, the passing, shooting, and dribbling that's more impressive. I mean, this dude is catching lob, lobs backwards, you know what I mean, from the, from the block. You know what I mean? He's taking off outside the charge line and just extending into the rim. You know, it's like, how do you guard this guy? It's like if he puts on – you know, maybe 10 to 15 pounds, just gets right. a little bit longer, just get to the point of where he could get to the line often. I mean, he's going to average right. 30 easy. Not, not this year. I think this year he'll probably be around, you know, 18 to 20 points. 18, yeah. 18 rebounds. But three to five years from now, oh, he's going to be 30 and 15. You know what I mean? It's Absolutely. And, and and TK, uh, you know, as the as the viewers get to know you, um, and, and if they do some research, uh, Coach Todd Kelly used to be a high flyer himself, you know, playing above the rim, you know, uh, out of out of the Chicagoland area and uh, and everything. Um, as we move to our, the next topic, which is probably more and and near and dear to you, TK, um, what does it mean to be in Division Three athletics? Well. What it is, it's an opportunity to continue your athletic career uh, and play at a high level, you know, because I think one misconception is that, you know, Division three isn't a high level or I'll give a good example. And, and you know, Cedric, you, you've seen this, you know, you go to a school and, you know, you ask a coach, hey, hey, coach, uh, what kids do you got? Did you think of, you know, play at my level? Or did you think would be, you know, good players or what have you? And I have played coaches sometimes show me their fourth or fifth best player and like yeah this guy probably could play for you at division three it's like yo you know division three is a lot better than you think almost everyone that played played division three was an all conference sometimes even an all state player you know so uh, i think what division three does is it really gives student athletes an opportunity like i said really continue their career play at a level compete uh get a good get a good education and gain some valuable life experiences and, and and you know and really have fun and play the game or the sport that you love. So that's what really Division Three is about, and it's really about those relationships that you build. Uh, you know the the thing, the experiences that you have, and that's really what I I found most enjoyable and most rewarding about Division Three. And you know it is an enrollment driven model, right? Absolutely. At the Division Three level, absolutely, because they don't get athletic aid. They can get uh, academic aid uh, through the merits of their work coming out of high school or transferring um, from uh, a two-year program and things like that. What's your approach uh, in your business when you talk to families um, when they're going to an enrollment-driven model, right? Because from a, an athletic standpoint, 
they want as many student athletes as possible, right? Because the student athletes are either paying or they're getting some kind of uh, grant or, or aid through academics. Um, is your approach any different with those parents that are going to an enrollment driven model versus um, the model of paying uh, athletically related aid? Well, a little bit. It's just really about educating parents because, for example, one thing a lot of people don't understand before they even get to college is that a lot of times Division threes and even NAIs uh, have JV teams. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and because, like you said, a lot of Division threes are uh, enrollment driven and a lot of them, uh, the majority of their student body or a large portion of their student body is student athletes. And a lot of those coaches have quotas. You know, like the basketball coach will have a quota like, hey, you got to start the season with a roster of 25. So that means you got to have a JV team. You know what I mean? You got to have 10 to 15 guys that are not going to be getting playing time on varsity. And so just first of all, educating those parents that, hey, there may be a JV team. You know what I mean? You may have to work your way up. You know, uh, that's really important. And then also educating them about the financial aid process at Division Three, because I think that's really what scares people away the most because they know Division Three doesn't give athletic scholarships. But I always tell people, that, hey, if you are a really good student, you can go to a Division Three for a very affordable amount because a lot of Division Threes offer very significant academic scholarships. And then they offer also, the, I mean, excuse me, they also offer some very significant school-based grants. Like almost every Division Three I know has some type of leadership scholarship or business scholarship mm. or have like minority scholarships, you know, or, or some type of scholarship affiliated with your major or maybe a scholarship affiliated with uh, your religious affiliation. And so every Division Three has a lot of different grants and aids and things like that that can make tuition a lot more affordable. So the one thing I really say is people don't be scared away by Division Three because you either think it's going to be too expensive or you think you're too good. You know, and I think those are two misconceptions that people have about the D3 level that, oh, it's going to be way too expensive and I'm not going to be able to afford it because they see the sticker price of 60000 or 50000 and they're like, oh, man, I can't afford that. Now realizing that nobody pays the sticker price. Nobody. And then also thinking that, oh, this level is not good enough because just think about it. You know, Cedric, how often does someone say, hey, I'm going to go to this local Division three game tonight just to kind of check it out? No one's really doing that. You know what I mean? Right. So a lot of people don't know how good those student athletes are. And I'll just give you an example. And this is two of the, one of the things I'm most proud of as a coach at the D3 level is I have two players right now that are playing professionally that played division three, you know, one is in Serbia and one is in Japan. And it's like, they were really good players that could have played at the division one level. You know what I mean? So there are really good players that are playing at the division three level. And just cause you go to, so just don't think, Hey, I was an average high school player. I could go play D3. Nah, it don't work like that. And and that is a, a valid point, TK, because, you know, so many people take for granted that um, Division three is a lesser opportunity than Division one. Right. Um, you've been around me like like we said early in the show, um, almost half of your life. And uh, when I was at Lakeland College, um, I had individuals there that could have played at the University of Illinois. It could have played at Northwestern, could have played it at so many other places. And I also had young, uh, uh, like walk on or uh, my 14th or 15th that ended up at Greenville University with Dr. Barber, uh, yeah. Division Three, which is down. one of which is one of the the most exciting Division Threes in the state of Illinois. 
And, you yeah. know, and, you know, Dr. Barber for for a long time. And, you know, you had individuals there that had good skill sets. Right. Highly. Um, uh, many of them uh, 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 high level academics. Right. That they're and they're going to get great educations. And then those individuals are going to go on and be the coaches and the you know, and have uh, uh, careers as educators or doctors or coaches or things like that. Right. So you, we shouldn't take those things for granted because um, I think that Division three uh, athletics is a diamond in the rough. Yeah, absolutely. And two things you brought up that I think are really, really, really important and staples of Division three, too, is that a lot of Division three uh, institutions are really, really good academically, are really Very highly good rated academically. And so that's another reason, you know, you get to go to a school that's highly rated academically, that you'll be to get a, get a good education where you'll be able to really uh, meet a lot of alumni and form a lot of good relationships that'll be to, that you'll be able to leverage when you get out of school to be able to help you get jobs and be able to help you get internships and be able to help you with whatever future endeavors you get. And then also, Division three offers a lot of people an opportunity to play because there are a lot, a lot of kids that may be division two or maybe even division one caliber, you know, but they may go to a division two, sit on the bench for a year or two or go to division one, sit on the bench for a year or two. When it's like and I always ask kids, would you rather go somewhere, play and win or go to another school, sit on the bench and, and sit lose? and right. everyone's always going to say, I'd rather go. I'm going to play and win. Well, it's like, OK, would you rather go to a really good division three and play and win and maybe say pay? three thousand dollars a year or would you rather go to a division two sit on the bench lose but you got a full scholarship you know what i mean so those are some of the options that i try to or to try that i try to uh, make parents and student athletes way out to decide what's a good option for them and why division three could be a better option and a lot of times division three is the best option because once you can get the financial side out of things you realize hey i'm gonna get a great education i'm gonna get a chance to actually play and be on the court for four years and then another thing about division three is a lot of division three institutions are typically smaller you know on average than division two division one more intimate so that yep. allows for smaller class sizes that allows for more individualized attention that allows for you to actually have a relationship with the professor and go to their office and speak to them you know what i mean instead of a, a big institution where you may have a lecture hall with two or three hundred people so there are a lot of advantages to playing at the division three level. Absolutely. And, you know, when you talk about uh, great division three institutions that uh, uh, are academic, you know, in Chicago, your you, you know, your home city in Illinois, your home state, University of Chicago, you come out of there with a degree, you, you know, you're doing well, you know, um, you went to a, 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 you know, a good one, Millican University, you know, you, you come out of there with a, with a degree at Millican, Pretty good degree to come out of there, you know, Concordia, you know, you can go on and on and on. Uh, I mean, the one that you coached at North Central, right? I coached at North Central and I coached at IIT and IIT is a really, really good institution. Yeah. And, and so great institutions that that your young people come out of and um, and, you know, they gain leadership skills by what you teach them as a basketball coach or, you know, uh, other sports they play in and things like that. So before we close out the show. TK, I always ask my uh, my guest, um, uh, you know, one question and uh, me knowing you for a long period of time and 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 now with your family and things like that. And I know growing up that faith meant so much to you and, and uh, by by your your mother and father. What does faith mean to you, TK, and, and how has it helped shaped the person that you are? 
Well, I mean, it's really, really important because, you know, I got to be honest, it was a big leap of faith for us to move down to Texas, you know, because at the time, yeah. you know, my wife had a, got promoted and got a job with Frito-Lay and the, the headquarters are down here in Texas and whatnot. And so I was coaching. I had a head coaching job in, in Illinois. I actually had to resign, you know, quit my job I had in Illinois to move down here to Texas. So it was a big leap, leap of faith for us and actually starting my own business. You know, we had, we, you know, a lot of prayer and a lot of, you know, asking God to kind of show me the way and, and to kind mm -hmm. of open doors for me and, and that type of thing. And so just starting the business was a big leap of faith. And like, I'm so thankful because there are a lot of things that happen where you'd be like, oh man, I just got lucky there. Or, oh man, like, how did this happen? It's like, no, those are blessings, you know, because certain things, things just don't happen for no reason. You know what I mean? Like, I'll give you one good example. Right. I play golf a lot. I just happened to be golfing one time. I got paired up with a guy who was the superintendent of a district. You know what I mean? And like, it's like that stuff just doesn't happen by chance. You know All what right. I mean? That's like God putting that person there with you. And I formed a relationship with that person. And I was able to get a contract with their district. And that, that uh, superintendent was like a popular superintendent. So he knew other superintendents and whatnot. So he actually introduced me to two other superintendents, you know, from districts and that I was able to get into their district. So that right there Networking. was a blessing. And so just being able to kind of share my experience and the blessings that I've had. And it's because of faith, you know, prayer and being thankful for what you have and, you know, just kind of. Uh, you know, just making sure that you're you're always aware of the blessings that you get, because, you know, like I said, people say luck sometimes, but it's like it's not luck. It's a blessing. And it's like the harder you work, yeah, the luckier you get. But it's a blessing because of the positions and the situations that, that God has put you in, you know, because it just doesn't happen by luck where at 1237, these two people are going to be at the golf course together on Saturday. You know what I mean? Like, right. You know, what right. I mean? God set that up. You know what I mean? And so. That's kind of my testament and my testimony as far as, and I'll give you one other one. This is kind of, this is kind of interesting. I do basketball training, you know, so mm -hmm. I train kids sometimes in basketball and I was just at a park training and the kid's dad who I was training was sitting there and another dad pulled up because uh, it was right behind this church where they had a gym in, and the dad pulled up and he said, Hey man, I want to get basketball training for my son. Uh, you know, who is this guy training your, your son? And obviously it was me. And then, so after the training, I went and talked to the other dad. The other dad was like, yeah, I want you to train my son too. Do you want a gym to use? Because I have a gym you can use if you want to use it. I'm like, for real? Of course. You know what I mean? So he was like, yeah, the gym is right over here. And I'm like, look he's at like, God. He's like, look, you can use the gym for free. All you got to do is let my son come in a session for free. So I would usually train like four or five kids. His son would be one of them. But I would obviously make money off the other four or five kids. His son would be in a training session for free. And it was just a blessing. I got to use the gym twice a week for free. And it's like, come right. on, how does that happen? It's like an angel right. dropping down you know I mean? so, uh, those are two instances where i'm just like man i just been really blessed you know well tk again man known you for a long period of time and um the to see the growth in you and to see um how you are impacting right you're paying it forward what you have is is a blessing right and and people are better because of todd kelly uh, Todd, if individuals want to get in contact with you with regards to recruiting and uh, an eligibility uh, consultation, how can they reach you, man? Oh, it's a couple ways. Uh, number one, my uh, you can get in contact with me through my website. It's uh, www.kellycollegeconsulting.com. Uh, and on my website, I got a lot of good recruiting tips as well. You know, tips about financial aid, tips about recruiting, tips about going on campus visits, uh, a lot of good information about recruiting. Uh, on the website and then you also can email me 
It's a uh, TKO134118 uh, at gmail.com. Uh, I get people emailing me all the time about recruiting questions and things of that nature. And then I have three uh, upcoming um, presentations. You know, I have one coming up here uh, on, I believe, November 9th here uh, in Del Rio, which is close to the border. Uh, so I'll be uh, presenting at Del Rio High School for their parents and student athletes on November 9th, as you can see right there. Uh, but mm -hmm. that's, we're expecting a big crowd for that. And then the very next week, I'll be uh, in Midland, Texas. Uh, I'll be presenting for Ector County uh, School District, uh, which is right in that Midland, Odessa area. And uh, I think that'll be November the 13th. I'll be uh, doing a presentation there. And then I have several other presentations coming up here uh, at the end of November and at the beginning of December, uh, both in San Antonio and Austin. And so uh, I got a busy schedule ahead, a busy presentation schedule ahead. And I'm looking forward to the spring where I'm probably going to be doing uh, anywhere between 20 and 30 presentations for 20 to 30 different high schools and, and high school districts. So, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really excited right now. And uh, like I said, I really want to just thank you, uh, you know, Cedric, for, you know, bringing me on today. And and obviously for our relationship, like you said, it's been over 20 years, man. You know, what over I mean? 20, man. At Lakeland from days we was at Chicago State, you know, and all the other places. Absolutely. At, you know, all that, man. It's like moving Absolutely. around the all that stuff. So, man, it's great. And then we always use connect at that final four some kind of way. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely. Uh, that's that's Absolutely. great. Well, I appreciate you, Todd. Uh, you're my little brother, man. You are, you know, an important part of my life. Uh, I love you and I just appreciate you, man. So uh, thank you for being uh, a, a guest on the show today. I appreciate you, Todd. All right. Definitely. Thanks a lot, Cedric. All right. And like I said, being on the show uh with us this evening and um before i leave um i you know i just want to um the the one thing that i want to make sure that everybody uh knows and understands that mental health is is a real thing in college athletics and uh if you're a coach if you're an administrator um if you're someone that uh, has the ability to lead young people, uh, listen to them, give them a voice, allow them to share their thoughts. Um, because being a student athlete is a hard job, right? Getting up every single day, training, um, going through um, uh, your, your practice, uh, and then, you know, having to be in classrooms um, you know, and, and, and have a full load. Some, some student athletes have, uh, 18 credits. Some, you know, have as many as 20 credits. Um, but listen to your student athletes, uh, coaches and administrators, uh, parents, you know, uh, be willing to listen to and understand, uh, your student athletes and, and hear them. And, and when they say that, um, that they're having a mental, uh, overload, then give them give them an outlet, give them an opportunity to uh, to sit down and decompress sometimes. And uh, again, you can catch us every Sunday evening at six thirty Central, seven thirty Eastern, uh, for more open and honest discussions on from the eighties view. I'm your host, Dr. Cedric Brown. Good night and God bless. <laughs>